by all means enjoy it, but enjoy it by being fucking disciplined here. Hello and welcome to Man Marking. Today is Wednesday the 4th of August and we're going to be bringing you the first of our four prediction shows as we inch ever closer to the start of the domestic season. Today our focus will be on League 2. A very warm welcome to you, the listener. Thank you very much for joining us. We're also joined by my two trusted accomplices. It's Ant and Ryan. Chaps, how are we? I'm really good. Yeah, very, very very, very happy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've just finished a mug of tea out of a, a, a tunes blading <laughs> mug. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> very happy. Well, who wouldn't be uh, after such an experience? Look at the picture. It's great. How are you, Ryan? You're very drinking well, a very uh, a caffeinated drink. Yeah, it was. It, it's. Uh, Pob's had a good laugh at this. It's an <laughs> amino acid drink. It does come um, with caffeine. Some oh, uh, sorry, how, how much caffeine's in that? Can, can, well, it, can you get know. it without caffeine? Yeah, you can. They do the caffeine-free one. I just didn't check. I didn't, didn't check. I don't know what's a lot of caffeine, though. It says 180 milligrams. I Ooh, feel like that's a lot. That's a lot of caffeine, that, you know. Is it? Yeah. I don't know. Oh, what, God. What's the standard? What's in Less coffee? than that. Well, like one milligram? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I've got that. I'm pumped We've now for the got show. Brian on the line, who is a uh, caffeine expert. <laughs> Brian, uh, how much uh, caffeine can you expect in the average beverage? Um, yeah. <laughs> But other than that, are you doing okay, right? Fantastic, yeah. I don't know why I went straight for the drink. It was right in front of me, and I, I was it's using fine, it as a mate. visual cue. I don't cue. normally turn up with my own drink. I normally have a, a cup of coffee. Yeah, but a bit hot today, isn't it? Caffeine, so... Yeah. Either way, you were getting... you. Uh, it was just get you up, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Get oh, you, he's, oh, he's yeah. right up for this. Like, he is, like, know, to be fair. You can see it in his eyes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, sh- the shaking, but it, he's up for it. <laughs> um, lads, before we get started with today's predictions... We obviously all had a little chat before the episode to have a little discussion around what we wanted to talk about today. And we thought it was well worth a tip of the hat to the sports stars who sort of over the last few weeks and months have been speaking out publicly about their experiences with mental health. And it's kind of come to a fore maybe in the last week or so. It's become a really sort of front and centre headline story. And, you, you know, we're talking about the likes of uh, tennis player Naomi Osaka, Taro Mings, the cricketer Ben Stokes, Simone Biles, the gymnast, and Adam Peaty, who's a, who's a swimmer. And they've all made a very brave and admirable decision to be open and discussing the reasons behind some of their sort of recent sporting decisions, which have been influenced by their difficulties with their own mental health. And I think sort of one of the other things that's also been very admirable to see is a lot of fellow sports stars who've publicly been backing them for doing so. And it's something that, that we've obviously done on the podcast a lot for a long time trying to use the power and the personality of sports people to influence the public discourse on on mental health. And I think if we, if we had any doubt as to the importance of these people making themselves vulnerable in order to, you know, quite literally save lives. I saw someone tweeting that saying words that these people say will literally save lives. I think we were reminded of exactly why by perennial moron Danny Mills, who went on TalkSport to tell Danny uh, Tyro Mings to man up after he talked about his mental health struggles during the Euros and and that kind of hit home to me particularly 
exactly why we do what we do and exactly why we try and have the conversations that we have. I don't know if you chaps had any any other thoughts on it. And you're obviously across many sports, so it would have been right on your radar. Yeah, I think um, just on that, I mean, I didn't hear that. I only, only saw it on, on Twitter myself, but obviously the other moron of the country, Piers Morgan, had a big say about it as well. Um, and... I think I I tweet I think I had the man mark on Twitter the other day and I said oh, being an open and honest is the biggest strength you can have. Don't yeah. let anyone take it away from you. And I, I completely agree with that. I, you know that I don't think that can be said enough. I think with Ben Stokes, you know what the the nicest thing about it was was Joe Joe Rue coming out and going first and foremost I just want my mate to be all right. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's, I, that's I thought, it at a base <laughs> level, isn't it? Yeah. That was really sweet and and just generally quite nice. Um, Stokes has had such a, a like whirlwind three years. Um, obviously, he had issues with his family and, and his dad, and and then he goes from winning a World Cup pretty much, well, winning a World Cup final pretty much, much on his own, playing some of the best crickets, big highs, and then obviously dealing with all the other stuff off the pitch, and then going and playing that Headingley Test match, which is one of the best innings a cricketer can play. Nine wickets down to win an Ashes Test match is really hard anyway, but to mm-hmm. do it the way they did it was was unbelievable. And then carrying on, you're going into playing your sport in a bubble, you're away from your family, he's got young kids, he's got a wife, he's, you know, it's really, really difficult. And you're getting told you need to go and play in this competition, yeah. that competition, you the need very the money, you need this. Unusual you know? circumstances oh, for anyone to I, find themselves in, aren't absolutely, they? Absolutely, yeah. And I think. Everyone went, well, okay, that's fine. There's enough cricketers there yeah. as well. It's, it's okay. We'd rather have you in a year's time, two yeah. years' time, playing it the best that you can play, rather than, no, no, Ben, you need to come and play yeah. now and we'll burn you out. And- Do you think it's a it's a good thing in a way that sport is an industry? And we've obviously focused a lot on football, but the same, you know, we've done an episode about cricket. We've, we've touched on rugby and some other sports as well. That sport kind of as a whole is recognising the need to, you know, it might even be through the fact that, okay, they're probably going to be worth more to us in the long run if we actually look after their health. You know, they, they may have got there through nefarious means, but mm. that they're recognising the fact they have to protect people's well-being in order to, you know, ensure that they are being able to perform at their optimum. I, I, I just want to, I think it's a shift towards the fact that it's actually the players who play the game. It's not the people who own the football clubs who play the game. Mm-hmm. So... And it's not the managers, not the not the owners and chairman or whatever. And you see that with Harry Kane. I know every clickbait website's going to talk about it. He didn't turn up to training today because he wants to move. He wants to go and win trophies. So it's in his hands. Have we double-checked so, that he's not doing a Ross McCormack? He's like stuck behind the fence. <laughs> Has anyone been to check? Yeah. I, I think there's more of a shift towards, like, actually, I play the game, you don't. So Yeah, footballers are being that, empowered, yeah. aren't they? And I think, you know, people like Marcus Rashford, Raheem Sterling, and we touched on it during the Euros, you know, the things about taking the knee and stuff. Footballers have been empowered to talk and be open and be like, no, I'm a human being and I deserve to be treated like a human being. Mm-hmm. And I think in, you know, in any other work environment, you'd be able to go, you know, you'd like to think, in, in, I'd certainly say in, in our work environments, you'd like to be able to say you could go to your mm-hmm. your managers or whoever and say, I'm struggling with this, I just need to step away. Simone. And you would be allowed the space to do so. So it should yeah. be the same for sports people as well. The Olympians as well. I mean, Simone Biles, the stuff that she's been through as well is like, Unfortunately, I think some would say it's probably impossible to expect us not to think that sportsmen are going to go through these things now mm-hmm. because of the stuff they don't go through to get to the place they need to go yeah. through. And being an Olympian, it's like a four-year cycle, and you might only get one chance. Yep, pressure I, is I, huge. I, isn't it? <laughs> if yeah. you go and one-on-one against someone as well, 
Like, that's really difficult. I Massive. mean, they're trained just as much as you. I remember listening to an assembly in school where they were going on about Daily Thompson. This is when you were in school, you weren't <laughs> yeah, just hanging yeah. around. <laughs> yeah, they were going on about Daily Thompson, and um, it used to, like, walk across the line and go, you didn't train on Christmas Day, you didn't train on Christmas Day, you didn't... And then that's what he'd do. He'd go, oh, yeah, I did. So here we go. I'm going to win. And he did. And, like, that is the level that they have to be, and you don't realise that the sacrifices that they go through. I do that on the, um, in the pub. I look along the bar <laughs> and I say, you ain't here on Christmas Day. You ain't here on Christmas... You ain't here. You weren't here. All right, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> I just think that the level that they're at, particularly the Olympians, is just so high. Yeah, it's nice. it's it's extraordinary the yeah. the the um, impact that's put on there's their a, body and their minds in order to be able to get to where they get to. There's a really good documentary at the moment about Gold Rush, about how they got from uh, Atlanta '96 to 2012, and uh, Victoria Pendleton speaks quite openly about it and says, "Well, actually, wasn't." the most enjoyable thing I did. It, no. was, it was hard. You were like a machine and particularly being on a bike as well. You, you were a machine and you didn't, it was really difficult and it was like, well, if you're not going to win medals, we're taking the funding away. Yeah. So that is really tough. Yeah. It was a sacrifice you know? and we talk a lot about sports people making sacrifices. What you've just said there, that reminds me of the, the film, the cricket documentary, The Edge. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that, that shows that the point where the England cricket team were the best team in the world and like, they're all having a horrible time by the end of it because of the, the lengths they had to go to. Ryan, you look as though you are wanting to contribute, whereas me and Hans are kind of going back <laughs> and forth like those two fellas <clears throat> in the Muppets. I was, you know? with, <laughs> I was enjoying with uh, what you both said. I, I just, it just what's been disappointing for me is that for years the hurdle's been getting people to be open enough to talk. And I feel like we've got over that hurdle quite a lot the last 18 months, sort of two years. And now the hurdle is people's reaction to people's talking. It's yeah. just been dreadful. And People like Piers Morgan and I like will always exist because they've got a right to hear that opinion. Unfortunately, we'll never mm. change that. But when you've got the likes of Danny Mills and other people whose platform is a private company, it's disappointing that that still exists because anyone can take to Twitter and say something idiotic and yeah. they always will. But the fact that, like... You shouldn't be allowed... You, no, you, you, you really should, I mean, I don't, I, I don't know how Ofcom and stuff like that works, but you should not be allowed to go on the airwaves on a national radio show that has millions of listeners and exactly. say stuff like that. It, it's not acceptable. I think majority of people would turn around and go, but Danny Mills is an idiot, or... But, but <laughs> Perennial so, moron, Danny but Mills. Thi- but the thing is, people do follow these people. Yeah. Like, well, that's, the why that's why he's on there. That's why he's on there. And what, what was quite sickening was that, like, that Olympian is it's how do you say it? Simone, Simone Biles. Biles, she's so young, and there was something just so. It was uncomfortable, wasn't uncomfortable it? Uncomfortable about seeing a man who looks like he couldn't jog five minutes. Tell this one girl, I know everything she's trained for in her whole life. Oh, just admit you couldn't. You're not strong enough to do it, or whatever. He said it's just sickening. So particularly when she is arguably the greatest gymnast of all time some believe that she's the greatest gymnast of all time and you think and she came back and won a bronze yeah the the more elite it gets the bigger that strain on them is I think because you've gone from being exceptional and I'm not disregarding what anything anybody's ever done in the past but the elite level now as populations grow as technology gets better you are becoming a smaller smaller pool to become an Olympian you are the most elite smallest percent of, yeah, yeah because the most yeah. elite at any like I was watching that cycling thing where they just go round 
Do you know what I mean? Like oh, in the Velodrome. And I was thinking, who invented this? <laughs> How do you even get into this? It's like at that level. I'm just stuff. nipping down the Velodrome. <laughs> Don't get wet. <laughs> but yeah, like, they, Shut they, up, they are incredible. And what I love about the Olympics, it always conjures up them amazing stories. Like, them yeah. two fellas sharing the gold the other day, people coming from like really diverse background. It's amazing. And you just got idiots going. I know. Oh, yeah, but. Uh, and I also. Making it up. There is part of me that's like. Like my dad always said to me when I was younger with people who say things like that, just ignore them. What they want is attention, just ignore them. But I feel like it's gotten to a point now where their audience is so big that ignoring them doesn't work. No, you need a little fire blanket, don't you? And just smother them out. You just, yeah. you if, it was, if, if it was a fellow in the corner with a pub 30 years ago, that's where it would stay and end. Yeah, yeah. Between the same group of fellas he sees every Friday night. But now that fellow in the pub logs onto Twitter. He's got 8 million followers <laughs> and he used to have a national but breakfast show. I suppose to, to end on a positive because you don't know it is great to see as oh, your amazing, original point amazing. there's been a lot of people who've come out and I think it's, I think it's good I think it's um, we're seeing a bit of um, change and yeah. for the better. Yeah I agree and I think you know we people people love sports people and, and they love them because they bring genuine moments of, of joy and emotion that aren't found in any other parts of our lives and you know, it's nice to be able to see them as human beings and see them as being more relatable because I think that's something that people have worried about is can we relate to these people anymore? They're so rich, they're so successful, they're so, you know, they're, they're basically freaks of nature, some of them, where you're just like, how can I relate to these people? They can do things I couldn't even, I didn't even know were possible to do. And by showing that side of humanity, I think it's really nice to have that as a, as a touch point for people. Yeah, just on that, I was watching the uh, the 100 metre uh, sprint, the men's one the other day, uh, the final. And I was just sat there and I was going, oh, that was a bit like, the Italian won it, it was amazing. I was thinking, yeah. they've had some summer, Eurovision, Euros. I'd have gone about it again. <laughs> yeah, and then um, I was sitting there going, no, oh, yeah, but it used to be so much more exciting with Usain Bolt. And I think one of the lads, Barry, went, you won't see that for a for a long time it didn't just, used to be that exciting with Bolt because he used to win it by about <laughs> no, 75 metres it was just unbelievable wasn't it and he was like big it was a brand then wasn't it he was like yeah, was yeah, yeah, Bolt yeah. the brand and I was he, like, was, he was he was box office and didn't, didn't second place break the record or something that race wasn't it that iconic race yeah, yeah. was remember. it Johan Blake oh yeah he was yeah. rapid as well there was about six they could have won was that the one where they were year. running over the line looking at one another just there was oh, there was one where Bolt ran over the line and he's looking over his shoulder at the fellows behind yeah. him and they're just giggling yeah like yeah. Tyson Gay and a few yeah, others yeah. he had his shoelaces untied on one of them <laughs> just phenomenal like absolutely phenomenal <laughs> but I, I, he had Ugg boots on in one of them didn't he <laughs> but I was, it I was uh, telling you boys when I was on like a, a random work call and Michael Johnson was doing a talk oh. and he was talking about <laughs> How like Usain Bolt's been saying that someone will break his record because of the footwear. Yeah. Yeah. Michael Johnson was saying, "Well, you broke my record because of the footwear." And yeah. it just it's it's like what would the speed with these guys get to? I know. Like a hundred meters most- is very far, and they're there in like under ten seconds <laughs> <laughs> from a standing start, and you're just like, "Wow!" I think back to the race that me and you had in the park. <laughs> Dodgy that. <laughs> anyway, lads, let's move on to. To the reason why we're here, I think that it was it was important for us to touch on that. I think oh, very much so. Yeah. But now um, let's get to the crunch. Let's get to the crunch, which is League Two football. The League Two predictions. So it's what everyone's come to. They see. have come here for that. Um, and if you're still with us after 14 minutes of excellent talk from the lads, you're now going to be rewarded with a lovely dessert of Tirama League Two. Oh <laughs> God! God. <laughs> Straight off the dome piece. Okay, so Definitely we've wasn't. got um, <laughs> we've got eight categories. We've got winner, promoted, playoffs, top scorer, player of the season, relegated, first manager sacked, brackets auto leave, and breakout star. So 
Ryan, I'm going to come to you for the first category. Who is your winner of League Two for the 2021-2022 season, sponsored by Hovercrafts? Um, I don't know. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good start. It's a great start. I'm going to go with... But the thing is, I think they're now selling who I thought was an amazing player. I've gone with Exeter. Okay. But Joel Randall's meant to be going to Peterborough, and I think he's an excellent, excellent young footballer. Um, but I suppose I'll stick with them. Again, I like the consistency. They've brought in a few good players. Um, striker Sam Nombe from MK Dons, I think, is going to be somebody who will have a really good season. It's a good um, pick up that for League Two, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And um, they, they signed Sam Stubbs last season, but I don't think he played. I think he's a really good centre half at that level. Uh, Matt J. Archie Collins, good player. So yeah, I went. I went with them. They, I know they didn't get in the playoffs last year, and the, I think I backed them for the playoffs last year, and they just fell short. But I don't know. There's something about them this year that I just think they seem very settled. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Uh, and winner, League Two, uh, Gary Neville's boys, Salford City. Yeah, sorry to bring the mood down, but yeah. <laughs> Look at the team that they've signed. It's yeah, ridiculous. McAlaney in there as well, and it's like, oh, that's decent, that. Yeah. The only issue I've got, though, is I don't think Gary Bowie is that good as a manager. Yeah, yeah that's that, that, so He's quite negative. So, so I put Salford in the promoted category, and the only caveat I put was Gary Bowie is quite a minging defensive manager. But, mm. he, but he has been promoted from League Two before with Blackpool. Um, I suppose, in a way, being a Ming and defensive manager is probably what you kind of need in League Two. I don't yeah. think they were that. They weren't bad last year, weren't they? And, no, and they, they finished tenth last year, something like that. They were in the mix, weren't they, yeah. for the most part? Um, I went for Bradford City. Yeah, good. Yeah, like I considered them. Derek Adams. The other thing that, that swayed me was they've obviously got Cookie up front, Andy mm. Cook, and mm. Lee Angol. Mm. That's just horrible, isn't it? They, you don't want to. You don't want it. You don't want that, do you? They signed that lavery as well from Warsaw mm. the other day. Jan Songo as well. I can. Ju- yeah, I, you can just. It's a strong team, and they've it? also they also sell about one hundred and forty thousand season tickets every year. Mm. And I'm reliably informed. Um, so that's that's going to be, you know, having to go to Valley Parade. Well, yeah, they get off to a good start. It's just not going to be fun to play against. What them. I would say because I've backed them to get promoted as well, but. Adams had that, that nice role of being underdog in every game yeah, and true. being defensive and just going, well, just attack us, we'll defend well and we'll nick a goal. You can't really do that at Bradford because of that expectation. They're going to want to see a I think you probably can, you know. I think they I would think swallow it. Yeah, I think he's quite capable of making that siege yeah, mentality I, I th- thing. I think he is, but I think naturally when you're a bigger squad, you end up, like, if someone goes to Valley Parade, they're not going to come at you to mm. offer you that counter. Whereas when you play Morecambe, it's kind of like, let's just throw everything at them. Yeah. So I think that might co- go against might them. be against yeah. them a bit. But I've backed them to finish second anyway. But Okay, then. Well, let's move on to the promoted. We, we've gone for Bradford, Salford, and Exeter as our three picks for the winner. Let's go to promoted then. So this is the teams that are going to finish in second and third. Fuck, then we picked one for second. Sorry, just swore. <laughs> You're allowed to swear, you know. I'd have to add someone else now. You two go first. <laughs> this is riveting for the listener, isn't it? Uh, and... Second and third, mate, who have you gone for? Uh, I went for Bradford and Exeter, so there we go. <laughs> I can't really say anymore. I genuinely think like Derek Adams is really good at, at, at creating that kind of mentality of like, no, no, we're better than what we are kind of thing. Mm. The first thing he said when he went to Morecambe was like, no, we, we should be going for the playoffs. Yeah. And within two years he got there. 
with not a very fashionable squad. No. And not a very... Well, I wouldn't say it's not a fashionable way of playing. It was a good way of playing. They scored plenty of goals as well, so... Effective. Yeah, I, I, I don't think you can knock it. I think... I think at that level you can get away with, yeah. with, a, with a more attritional style of play, can't and, you, and whatever when, the club is. And when you're talking about Bradford as a team... I think they're sick and tired of sitting in League Two. They're huge. I know. They're absolutely know. massive. They've been going, there for so long. I think Derek Adams will know that and go, actually, yeah, we, we are meant to be going up, yeah. so let's go up. Last year was a bit of a... They had that bounce back with the with the two managers coming in halfway through the season and played some really good stuff. But, it, again, it got off, to a, got off to a bit of a farce. And, yeah. and you're like, well, well, you don't need that. You no. need, need something else. So they knew exactly who they wanted as a manager. And they knew exactly who they wanted to sign as players, and, and they've gone and got them. Yeah, and they've 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 backed it in a big way as yeah, well. They absolutely. look like and that this, crowd will make a massive yeah, difference. It will, and and we, we we do say often with with crowds they can go one way or the other, but you do feel as though at Bradford there is a desire that want by hook or by crook we need to get out of this division because we've been here for far too long. Uh, and just a word on Andy Cook, like I think uh, there's a the guy I follow on Twitter who's a, who's a big Bradford fan. And when he signed, I said, look, you put the ball in the box, he'll go and score goals. Yeah. And he really will. Like, you, got, you got quite a few at the back end of the last yeah, season. Yeah, and you can imagine with with the way Adams plays, that's that's the type of striker you want. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. You stocked him really, really well mm. last year. So and I'd say Andy Cook is an upgrade on yeah. Stockton as well, personally. Yeah. Uh, Ryan, have you have you got a second team, mate? The listeners are <laughs> well, they're I, waiting with bated breath. A, yeah, I've, I've basically put Salford in there I already gone Bradford and Salford so I'll take Salford out the out the playoffs um, automatic so yeah similar reasons to what Ant's given really yeah. I think uh, balance that was it <laughs> <laughs> just, just balance no, just balance I, I don't think it? all balance. over the pitch just Gary balance I, I don't think Salford's nice. team thanks mate I feel like they had more depth last year and they've lost a keeper who was excellent mm. but as you've said Bowie's got out the division really good players and uh, I'm starting to laugh now because <laughs> it's time uh, nuts. I also went for Salford, but I went with Salford and Forest Green was the other team I mm. went for. I feel like it's going to happen eventually. Like yeah. that's that that's yeah. So you just keep saying it until yeah, it does. Event, you just keep you know, same you're, with Salford. Really. You're going to be right eventually, yeah. aren't you? Yeah, yeah. And I feel like let's just get it over and done with. Yeah. And, and you know, and then we don't have to worry about it anymore. <laughs> I also noticed that their new manager is called Rob Edwards, and I thought he's the oh no, it's not that Rob Edwards. Unfortunately not. Different Rob Edwards. Okay then, so the playoffs. It's obviously positions four, five, six, and seven. Ryan, have you got four teams? Yeah, I have. So Who have you gone for? Forest Green, Leighton Orient, Mansfield, Bristol Rovers. But I need need to caveat the Bristol Rovers later on. You've, is that if their manager does or does not end up in prison? Is that? Well, I've got Barton. That's quite a big caveat. (laughs) We'll come to it, but yeah. Um, that's four different teams than I went for. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ant, who's your four? And then, we, and then we'll get on to it. Uh, right, we'll get this out of the way. I picked Tramia. In fact, actually, no, one of them's the same. I'm okay. lying to you. Go on, mate. Sorry, I picked Tramia. Yeah. Uh, I picked um, Port Vale, and I picked Newport <laughs> and uh, Forest Green. And do you know what, right? The, the Port Vale one. You absolutely love Port Vale, you no, don't I you? I considered Vale. Mm. Backed good, them last season, didn't you? Window. They've signed a lot of players, though. Double clock. That's a huge they, they, they improved. They improved when he came in. They mm-hmm. were really good. I, I, they got off to a horrendous start and awful. then just went really good. Yeah, I, I think they improved. And he did He did okay at Walsall. And as okay as you can do at Walsall because they're not really that fashionable and very exciting, are they? No, they're a motorway service station of a club. Yeah, exactly. Oh, wow. <laughs> Take them all, leave them, can't you? Yeah. So There'll be another I, one along I, in a minute. I think, they, I think now is the time. 
is now the and time. It'll be, a, it'll be a valiant effort from them. In that Oof. huge stadium, did that you, massive stadium. Did, did you like the I, I ignored it. Oh, God. Um, I was hoping you might do like a Robbie Williams joke. Let me entertain you. <laughs> yes. Good. Better. Yes. Um, I went for Tramia, Exeter, Leighton Orient and Stevenage. They were the four that I went for. Stevenage is a bit of a strange one. Well, the Stevenage one, they they they, they, mm-hmm. they won 12 games after Christmas, yeah. after Alex Ravel came in last year. A really good form. I don't know. Just, I'm just something, it's something about, about it. You know, sometimes you just shots. like, you know, one of them things where you think, I don't know why I'm justifying this, but I'm just feeling it. So they're like going Cambridge in there. Last year, yeah. Said, the thing is with them, they keep a lot of clean sheets. Mm-hmm. And I think they signed Jamie Reid, who Mansfield signed to score a lot of goals last year. Mm-hmm. He's gone there. Could be really good for yeah. them. Yeah. Well, let's hope Add they, a few uh, more goals. And what what are you going to say? Let's hope they keep reveling in the excitement. That is terrible. Oh. Um, Ryan, you didn't go for Tramia. You no. can go for our brave boys. I know what's what's up with that. What are you doing? Why are you being part so negative? Me, Season me, starts in like three days. Part of me does this thing where I like to sort of play our chances down, and then I can only be sort of pleasantly surprised. Fair, fair. I do think we'll be in the mix mainly because we've got a brilliant first eleven, and Mickey's really good. My problem is goals. I just don't know if we're scoring enough, and I also think we are. One injury away in most positions away from disaster. Well, we only need 46 goals, really, don't we? Yeah, 1 0 every we week. We do, but we've got three centre halves, one's 40, one's 30. I've only 30, had four centre halves. One's 34, and the other's knee falls off most seasons. So <laughs> I'm just thinking, like, <laughs> yeah, we've got about four VFL goals between our strikers. Yeah, but what a four. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we'll, we'll be. Competing, I just think we might fall short. That's that eighth, ninth position. Yeah, I put Tram here because that has to be the minimum expectation. It does. Yeah, right? I'd say so. Yeah, dist- we're a bizarre club because people look at us and bizarre. go, "They've got Jay Spieven and Callum McManaman. These are oh, but they've got also nobody got else. Nobody else. <laughs> no, they're like a five-a-side team where the like the, the five-a-side team's got an amazing player and everyone else is terrible. And you're like, why? Oh, uh, you all went to school together. What, what I would say is it's like we us. are the team that I think if we get on a run and we keep people fit, yeah. we'll be capable of just winning six, seven, eight on a row. We do have the benefit of, because Mickey Mellon's so popular at Tramia, like someone, I can't remember who said it in our WhatsApp group, that in a way he's almost got a job for life for Tramia if he mm-hmm. wants it. You know, he's moved his family here. He's clearly putting down roots. Yeah, It would have to go spectacularly wrong for him to not, the manager come the start of next season whichever division we're in yeah i think it does offer you a level of stability where if you do go three four five six games without a win or the form tails off at either end of the season whatever it might be that because mickey's got so much in the bank with the tramia fans who as we know can turn pretty quickly and it can get quite nasty at prenton park but under mickey mellon i think there is enough goodwill in the bank that you will be able to ride those periods out i think yeah I think so, yeah. We saw it in League One when yeah. we struggled. People were behind him more than ever. Yeah. Um, he's earned that time. And that that's a strength when your fans are going to stay on board because we've seen it before the other way last year with Keith Hill. Yeah. They just weren't on board. And the second we started losing or drawing or both, it was toxic. So uh, We've both gone for Leighton Orient. Yeah, Kenny Jackett in League Two. It's yeah. been a while since he's coached at that level. Portsmouth didn't seem to like him, but they were nothing... Other than sort of Around competitive playoffs, yeah. every time he was there. Do you Signed think that some was really good players as well? Probably need a few more. But like I said, Darren Prattley. I was going to say, I love Darren Prattley in there. 
But so good. He's just yeah. It's just, he must be about fifty. He's fifth. He's not even. It's not as old as you think. I think he's thirty four. You know. I was gonna, yeah, thirty four, thirty five. I would say. I was thinking. I swear, I watched him play for Swansea in a playoff game about ten years ago. I've got you. And he was about thirty four then. Thirty six. Thirty six. But um, you think he was older, though, wouldn't you? They've also signed. Who's the lad like that they signed? Um, Omar Beckles. Oh yeah. Really good defender. Yeah. He was like thought he'd be at least the league one level. Dan Kemp's a good player, Paul Smith. So they've got a good few players there. Just talk that... Um, they've got a good little feeling around the club, I think, at this point as well, after some difficult years. Yeah, they're on steady footing, aren't they? Yeah. After, after a bit of a, a wacky owner that resulted in Andrea Dossena playing in week one for them. But <laughs> <laughs> do, you he, do you remember when he kicked his manager up the arse? No. Yeah, randomly, yeah. but I can't think... Yeah, years ago. With him. I think he even lost... Was it Rafa? Week. He lost he kick Rafa, did he? He lost that he drew and he just kicked them up the arse on the pitch. Um, the other thing, the <laughs> other thing as well is for for late in audience, you know, we talk about them having some difficult times. Obviously, Justin Edinburgh died a few yeah. years ago. Mm-hmm. You know, what you know, whatever you, you you think about a football club or the way that it reacts to things, that can obviously is not going to be an easy thing to kind of get over and and, and move forward with for, for someone who was in the position that he was in. So yeah, I think I'm I'm with you, right? I think they they've got a really good chance and and. You know, it's it, it's another club who will feel as though we we need to get back up into League One. That's that's our level. You know, not long yeah. ago they were competing to get into the Championship, weren't they? So, and I don't think I think their fans will be optimistic without being overbearing on yeah. that we should be they'll here. Give them time, but they'll think, yeah, we've got a chance. And I think for Jackets, it's nice for a fresh start for him because I do think he's a better manager than he was made out to be. Might not always be entertaining, but sometimes almost a bit like Mick McCarthy, the pitch is better who you know. Rather than the alternative, I yeah. think Portsmouth are in safe hands with Dan Carley, but still, sometimes it just isn't the right fit. Yeah, we saw that, that last year with Keith yeah. to a degree, didn't we? Yeah. Just uh, speaking of fresh starts, yes, mate. Uh, the two that have come down, or what, two of the four that have come down, Swindon and Rochdale, don't think they have any managers at the moment. They no. have so Swindon have got Ben Garner, oh, have they? Who was sacked by Bristol Rovers of about eighteen percent win, and they've <laughs> installed Ben Trawley as director of football. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Um, to yeah. be bought by an Australian fella. Mm, they've had a, they've had a terrible, awful, off terrible season. time though. Yeah, yeah. They, they'll, they've just got to work to stay up. I'd say. Rochdale Ro- in a similar position. <sighs> not as, not as bad. Um, Rochdale. I mean, we'll get onto the relegated team soon. Um, I was like that with with Rochdale and Swindon, but if they felt yeah. too obvious in a way, Ryan, you gone for Bristol Rovers in your in your playoff picture and other the teams that got relegated from League One last year. You said there was a caveat. Could you please give us that caveat? Well, yeah, I didn't want to answer a future question, but I think Barton will be the first manager to go. So my caveat is they might not start well, but I think someone will come in right okay. over maybe thirty thirty five games, go on a run. And that's what will see them up. Right, okay. I get you. I get you. Um, okay, then. Playoffs done. Playoffs are done. Let's move on to the top scorer. Put your house on them. For the League 2 season, top scorer, Ryan. No, you you go first. I'll okay. always first. I'm I'll go first. Uh, I've gone for Andy Cook. Yeah. Gone for mm. big mm. Andrew Cook. I had him written down. He's going to use his big, well. massive heads and slam him in the goal. Yeah. Right in the goal hole. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I mean we all, we love Andy Cook, don't we? Mm, we love it. we proper love Andy Probably Cook. Probably too much. I, I'm I'm in a way I am I'm kind of really pissed off that he's not playing for us because <laughs> he's in the same fucking division and we need a striker. Yeah, and he he loves it at Tramia. Mm-hmm. We know that he does. We can see it in his eyes. Best fans in the world. 
You remember that Wembley? That's the Look one. at that, best fans in the world. He might be with you, Bradford, but he's thinking of us. Yeah, he is. <laughs> exactly, exactly right. Um, yeah, it's. I mean, it's hard to predict a, a League 2 scorer unless you're Ryan from last season. Yeah, but all, with all Muldog, on. With Muldog. With Muldog. So, may, so maybe Andy Cork can score 30 goals a season and earn himself a move to the National League. <laughs> to Wrexham. <laughs> Finally going to Wrexham. Finally moved to Wrexham. Yeah, that'd be good. A little phone call from Jennifer Lopez to <laughs> get it over the line. An A-list star to phone him. <laughs> get over here to Wrexham. Jennifer Lopez is going to phone him and he's going to sign for Maidstone. That's what's going to happen. I'd like for anyone if Jennifer Lopez rang me. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay then, lads. Who have you two gone for? Right, we'll save Ryan's for last because obviously he's quite good at this sort of stuff. So, I'll go. I was going to... Such a small sample size, but I'll take it. Well, <laughs> well, to be fair, you've got the Paul Mullen one was great and you went for Italy for the Euros. That's true. That's true yeah. And I was going to say to you, right, wasn't I? I don't feel as though we lavished enough praise on you for the Italy show because was, that was very good. You went big on it early doors. We mocked you. We were waiting. Wow. Yeah, we, we mocked. I was gagging for them to go out early doors. <laughs> Everyone gagging was. for it. I actually got quite aggressive in some months on messages. <laughs> yeah. To be fair, you, you didn't help yourself because you kept on going, that's my boys. <laughs> Posting yeah, Italy true. flags and stuff. True. Anyway, so go on then, Ant. Who's your League 2 top scorer? Uh, Matt J. Okay. Uh, a man with two first names. Can never trust him. Yeah. Uh, a little birdie tells me he's going to score a few goals. Did you get that? A little blue J. Yeah. Kind of joke. That doesn't really work. Does it not? No. Uh, Anyway, he's going to score loads of goals. <laughs> uh, he scored 18 last season, I think. Um, I think that would work. No, no, let's carry on. Okay. <laughs> yeah, he scored, he scored a few goals. Matt, uh, yeah, God. He scored a few goals last year. That's as good. That's how bad it was. <sighs> All right, he scored goals last year. He did. He's going to score some more. He will. I, I don't know as many as Andy Cook. He's going to have so many. He's going to end up the top scorer. And earn himself a move to... Wrexham. Wrexham. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> Tell you what, Wrexham have got too many. They need to lend us a striker. <laughs> yeah, they do. Not Ponticelli, though. Oh, God, don't mention his name in these these parts. <laughs> right, Ryan, League Two top scorer. Yeah, there's a uh, few... Should we do a drum roll? There's a few candidates, but I... Put money on this, 100%. For Danny Johnson. Okay. Um, Mansford have been searching for a goal scorer year after year. They go big to just get a striker, and Cookie was one of them. Didn't mm. work out. Mm-hmm. Danny Johnson seems to score sort of 15 to 20 goals every year, and I think Clough, mm. Nigel Clough's quite attacking. He and was a striker, wasn't he, Nigel Clough? Well, if you if you watch the if you like a false nine, if you watch the Graham Taylor documentary, he's literally stands on the side like going, "What I want you to do, what I want you to do is get on there, just play on, play play just behind Gaza, just behind Gaza," and then Cluffy turns around and goes, "Yeah, so just off the left, no, 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 no," and he's just absolutely baffled by what I'm what he's saying. I don't think anyone knew where he played. I, think I mean, he was like playing, attacking mid. playing behind Gaza is quite difficult because Gaza doesn't stay still. I think he's like attacking mid. I think. Is he a, is it a bit of a Phil Foden? Some would say. Well, possibly. Um, Ryan, carry on with Danny Johnson. Uh, Twenty <laughs> goals in all competitions last season for Orient. I think Mansfield will have a good go. They'll create chances, and he's just a great finisher at that level. Is that a strange move? Yeah. Mansfield. I remember them a few years ago. Were, were paying big. I think are they, still they probably paying big? still are. I don't think across the board as much, maybe, but they always try and sign a striker mm-hmm. every year. They try and bring someone in. Um, Jamie Reed's gone to Stevenage, Cook's mm. left for Bradford, and now they're trying to end with Johnson. But I think Johnson is a really, really good player at that level. They get rid of Mickey, Nicky Maynard last year as got well. Got rid of Maynard. They've got him, um, Ollie Hawkins as well, so a bit of a, a big man, little man front two. Love that. Oh, Absolutely. That's what League Two football is about. It yeah. is, exactly. Um, okay, the, so probably related to that question, who's your player of the season for League Two? 
for the 2021-22 season. Um, <clears throat> so I've gone for Luke Thomas, who's on loan from Barnsley at Bristol Rovers. He's on loan from Barnsley. Bristol, Bristol Rovers. Rovers is I'd it? say Bristol Rovers have the best team in the league on paper. Um, signed some really good players in there: Paul Coote, Harry Anderson, who's at Lincoln, Sam Finley, who's come down from League One. Mm. Luke Collins has dropped from the Championship. Um, quite surprisingly, they got Brett Pittman. Got. Jack Baldwin, centre half, Sam Nicholson, Brandon Hanlon. The team is full of players who could play at a high level, and I think Luke Thomas will be massively involved. Not going to be someone who's going to score 15 20, I wouldn't imagine, but a lot of assists and just be involved in what they do. Whether that's someone who goes noticed as a player of the season, I don't know. It's often the top goal scorers, isn't it, in these leagues, or yeah. the goalkeepers, maybe. But I yeah, w- Luke Thomas for me, I think, would be standout. I went for Andy Cook. <laughs> Yeah, well, because, top well, goal scorers at this almost level, every year. Tier. It's the top goal scorer. So if I've put Andy Cook as my top goal scorer, then it only stands to reason that he will be the player of the season. Uh, and is it Matt Jay? It is. It uh, is. Did a little birdie tell you that? It, yeah, uh, yeah. Well, I think same reason as yourself. Yeah, he's got that many goals. You're gonna get the the highlights. But special mention for old Bambula though. Still there. He's not going to be there, though, by the time. He's not going to be there. He had a trial at Middlesbrough. Oh, did he? Yeah. Neil, he said, come down here, Dylan. Come down here. Have a few games. It'll be great. You have to take a signed photograph back up to Alden with you. It'll be fantastic. It's like he was here. Yeah. He's a good player. He shouldn't be on our level. It's a bit weird that he is. Um, but he's one of them players that's so good with the ball, but then just goes, kind of stands around without it, isn't he? Which feel, in the championship, you might go, we can't have you just doing that because there's a lot of players who can do what you can do with it. Maybe similar to Blackett Taylor in that regard, Corey Blackett Taylor, who's who obviously was a tramway for the last couple of years, is, is looks like he's going to sign for Wigan. I, I don't know if either of you will get on to League One obviously it, tomorrow, but I don't know if either of you <laughs> seen. <laughs> Every time Wigan play, Blackett Taylor's obviously a trialist. Mm. And for whatever reason, they can't say that it's Blackett Taylor mm. in the same way that like we've had Mark Duffy on loan since 2011. On, on loan trial. on trial since 2011, and we just not mentioned it. And everyone's <laughs> going, good cross that by Duffy. And Trammy like, trialist with the cross. And you're like, we know we'll stop this. But Wigan are going really far, really, really far to not, let anyone know that Blacker Taylor's on trial there, even though everyone knows he's on trial there. It to the point where I was scrolling through like match photos from one of the games because I was like, "Is it definitely him?" Because he's not mentioning. Like it feels weird, and he's not in any of the photos, but he definitely played because loads of Wigan <laughs> fans are going. That left winger was that good. That's Corey Blacker Taylor. That you know, and I was like, "Just say, we know it's him." Yeah. <laughs> It's. I mean, there must be a reason for it because all the clubs do it. But it just there was a, baffles me every single preseason. There was a yeah. period period where like Twitter's well, Twitter accounts would do like Game of Thrones references for their trialists. Yeah, I remember that. It was definitely funny. <laughs> okay, then. So let's get on to the relegated teams. And hit us with your two. Who's gonna Who's gonna finish in the bottom two? Who's plunging out of the football league into the mire? I think of we're all gonna the pick national one league of the same clubs. By the way, I'm gonna say okay, okay, it's come, it's come up and Sutton. Okay, don't think any of them are any good. Are they not? Are they not gonna? Have... <laughs> <laughs> don't think any of them are any good. People I, yeah, I was looking at video versions so people could watch them. Say, I was like, looking. I don't think any of them. Put that on your dressing room wall. <laughs> Nailing it. And Tolson says you're not very good. It's come for a pretty. 
poor last year. Yeah, I put Scunthorpe as well. I've got, gonna, well. I've got some. Re- I've Sutton got, are going to struggle. I've got some interesting stats on Scunthorpe. They're, they're a small team. Sutton, it's amazing up there. That's How not- funny is it going to be if they get relegated and they've just ripped up the million pound astrotape if they put I, down? I don't think that's funny. That's, I no, think that's it's not funny. No, it's not. Come on, that's heartbreak. That's Stop up anyway. Them, sort of. It's just something to giggle about. Oh. Um, I've got some great um, Scunthorpe-based statistics. If you'd like them, go on. Okay, so. Here we go. Here we go, everyone. So, Scunthorpe finished 22nd Mm. last season. 20th the season before. The season before that, they were relegated from League One. And they've won 35 games in their last three seasons. Out of 129 matches. Now, that is shorter than the total amount, which should be 138 because of COVID, because the season got ended shorter. Um, That's a 28% win ratio over three seasons. Now, when Tranmere got relegated from League One and then relegated out of the out of League Two into the National League, we won forty matches in three seasons, two in League One and one in League Two. That was out of one hundred and thirty-eight. That was twenty-nine percent win ratio, and that was exactly why I put Scunthorpe to get relegated because that is not enough games not to get relegated. It's a uh, under Neil Cox, a man who won thirteen and fifty-one last season. It's not good. And, and like I don't think they put anything in there. Nope. Like they, I don't know if they're struggling financially or not, or whether it's just it's not really a glamorous place to go. It's quite difficult to get there. I don't know what it is, but th- they haven't got a great squad. Nobody goes. They didn't play bad football. They're just not very. They're very young. They're not, I just not very good. They're just very very young. It kind of feels like South End last year. They were vet, a lot of that was a young team. Mm-hmm. What's your problem with Sutton? I just think they're a little bit. I don't think they've quite got the power to. All right, sign. Jeremy Clarkson. No, yeah, to sign the players that they need to stay up. Or did he beat us to apply? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who was it? That didn't, Enzio Bold. Oh was god! It oh county? god! Yeah. Didn't want him anyway. Any? Yeah. Yeah, he's rubbish. Him. <laughs> didn't want him. But uh, yeah, I just don't think they'll stay yeah. up. Fair, fair. Uh, so we've all gone scum for. Mm-hmm. Who's your second team, right? Hartley Ball. Ooh, okay. Yeah, they're, another, another they've had yeah. Ch- Chally's, Chally's boys. They've had a terrible off season because they, they finished so late. Yeah, and then they were really... on the piss for ages, <laughs> and now they start again next week. Now we've got no players. It's really hard. For them. Do you reckon yeah, they're like it? texting me like, "Hey, can you get your mate to play for us?" I'm <laughs> still playing for us. I've got boots. I can land them. Size eight. He's quite good, him, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, I just don't. I think they they go before Sutton. If I'm honest with you, um, okay. Sutton's issue though will be that they're used to winning a lot of games on a plastic pitch at home, and now they've got to find a way to win on grass. And I feel like that was a huge benefit for them. Yeah, it's a leveler like, in it. When Tram used to go there, they changed the team. We, we wouldn't play three or four players because they couldn't play on it. Yeah, it's, it's it was a massive leveler for them. So I just think they've got they've got like Harry Buterman and a few other players. I think good players, but yeah, Hartlepool. I'm looking looking at the side. I'm thinking just haven't improved from last year mm-hmm. at all. Um, Although I would say, and I think we that. found this, the step up from the National League to League Two isn't that big. No, it's the not. The bottom no. half of League Two and the top of League and, and top, of National, top League of the National League isn't huge. It's quite interchangeable, which is why which is why we, you don't see that many teams go up and come straight back down again. We had spent quite a bit, though. I mean, we had... We had the bulk of the same team that got us promoted, though, didn't we? I know, we? but that's what I mean. We did spend I think we went up with a much better squad. But that, that's it. We got promoted, or Hartlepool have to survive. Yeah, it's it's hard to predict two out of twenty four, isn't it? Yeah, it's so easy to get it wrong. Um, you have to be really bad to go down. Yeah, it's normally a club in financial trouble. Often, yeah, or they just or, have an absolute meltdown yeah. like we did. 
Um, I went for Oldham as my other team. Keith Kale, do you think he's going to get sacked then? No, well, so my kind of re- yeah, I don't like Keith Kale. He's miserable. Um, <laughs> so mean. Is, no, like, he is. He's miserable. Isn't he? So Imagine mean. he's the type of guy where a, you'd be he's like, not a bad gaffer though. Uh, he's not great. I mean, he got Northampton um, up the year before last mm. from this division. So, my reasoning: Oldham obviously lost McElhenney, who mm. was their um, top scorer. Dylan Bambula, mm. he's probably going to go. Um, they scored a lot of goals last season, seventy-two, which I think was I think it was one of the highest scores in the division. But they conceded a lot, which was they got they conceded eighty-one goals. <laughs> 81 so goals. goals and they finished 18th now they were never really in trouble at relegation last season but that is so many goals yeah. and Keith when you will show that up and you and you've you've lost your top scorer and probably you're going to lose your best player there was speaking of that trial that, that um bambulo had at middlesbrough there's quotes from Keith Kerr where he's like, you know, he's gone up, he's gone up there, you know, he's really, he's much better than this level, you know, he's going to be disappointed he hasn't got time. I was like, Keith, he's your player. <laughs> yeah, he what wants are you the doing? money, doesn't he? He's probably on about eight grand a week at Oldham now because he just pay randomly, <laughs> no, no. like massive wages. But they've still got like Zach Dernoy to come back, Nicky Adams, they've got Alan Sheenan, Harrison McGay. I don't know. I think they've got enough there. To nah, they're but they gone, mate. They're absolutely gone. Yeah, yeah. Suppose. They were only goals, 19 though. goals away from conceding 100 goals <laughs> last season. <laughs> 81 goals in 46 matches. Mm. That is extraordinary. That is so many goals. I think that was the most goals conceded in the whole division, you know. Yeah. But surely under Keith Kale, he's he's not someone who's going to set his teams up like Harry Kuehl. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then. That's, but- that's now Barnett's problem. How has he got another job? <laughs> it's clearly terrible. Is that where he's gone? Yeah, he's gone to Barnet. Oh, like the thing with Harry Kuehl is, is that there are some managers in the lower leagues where they keep getting jobs, and part of it is because it's an it's an it's an old boys club Kuehl. and they're mates of them. <laughs> and then there are other ones where they keep getting jobs because there's something a bit sexy about them. And I'm gonna put, and this is gonna sound weird, Nigel Clough is sort of in that, not sexy because. He's sexy, but sexy because his dad was Brian Clough. Nigel Clough has actually had a good managerial record. That's more to do with it. But there is I see an, what you're saying with Clough, to be fair. But with Kuehl, that seems to be happening because he's Harry Kuehl. But he wasn't even that sexy a player. Oh, I don't know. That's oh, Kuehl. That's, that. that's, that's, <laughs> that's, that's harsh, that. It, it, he was he was a very good footballer. He was a good footballer, but he, it's not like Michael Owen or Steven Gerrard. Or, it's not like what a, a I'll proper... What I'll say about Kuehl, though, is, and I think football fans are guilty of this, if your team loses quite a lot, but scores a lot of goals, you're happier than if you like one of them sides it just gets beat 1-0. No, you just can't score. Yeah, miserable. at least there's something enjoyable yeah, about like, it. Look, Kuehl's record last year was 41% win rate because he didn't draw many. He won 17 and lost 18. I know. And scored over 70 goals. So you kind of like, oh, it's quite fun. Although I we know. didn't do anything. But t- with teams like that, in a way, you just think you're only a couple of those results going the other way. And you are right in that bottom two. Do you oh, know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. I, I just, I just, he was never in control yeah. of the situation. I also tell. just... just Well, Oldham have had a bit of a, a, bit of a basket case anyway, aren't yeah. they? With yeah. the, the off the field stuff. But 
Hopefully Keith Kale can... No, can... not hopefully. Oh, sorry. Keith Kale might struggle. He will struggle. <laughs> sorry, um, to do it. Okay, Whoa. then, so... First... Keith Kale. I, I want to play, play three, five, two. two. So, first manager sacked. Um, Ryan, you've nailed your couple of down with Joey Barton. Are we going this is because of the long long arms of the law? Long legs? Of the, is it long arms or long That'll legs? That'll be of the involved, law? but Bristol Rovers fans aren't happy with them anyway. Oh, re- oh they because they were terrible last year. Haven't been for a while. That plus the off-field stuff. I mean, we spoke to... Uh, Joey Barton's assistant Clint Hill at a charity event a few weeks Great ago, didn't guy. we? Who was saying, you know, they they basically cleared everything out, haven't they? And they're just starting but essentially I don't from think scratch. They took, and this is named a Clint Hill. I don't think Barton and a lot of other people took enough responsibility for that relegation. Yeah, he had I know what you mean. Games in charge <laughs> and won three. It's not far off the half the season. He lost thirteen out of eighteen. That's a lot of games. That's, Mate, all, that's they, they were outside the relegation zone and finished bottom. Yeah, that's so, not good, that is it. So while it, I, I agree, once momentum sets in, sometimes it's hard to shift around, and I'm, I'm, it's kind of nice to see a club go, no, fresh start, sign the new players, give them pre-season, but now he's got this over his head. They're a big club, Bristol Rovers as well. He's actually dealing still with the Daniel Stendhal incident. That is still really? hasn't been resolved. He's got both court cases. Now, I'm, just, I'm just... I'm not having court cases I'm just not mean, having them. See, yeah, I, 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 I'm not I, having I had this argument with two friends the other day. I don't think he did a particularly great job at Fleetwood. No, he didn't. I think they had a really, really good yeah, squad. Yeah, they did. Um, and they... The argument was, yeah, but it's Fleetwood. It's because he's sexy. And stuff, but That's what it is. The thing is with Barton, I think... Like me. I think as well, he is capable of talking really well and saying the right things. But sometimes, because he's... He's also of, capable of putting so, cigarettes out in youth players' eyes as well. Well, we won't go into that. No, we, we won't we, go into we that. Don't I think, I think, but, no, we do. There's, there were criminal charges, Brett, was it? and right, he was we, charged. We, we, we can we'll definitely talk about it. We about 15 years ago, whatever. We won't bring it back up, what we just did, but we'll move on. I just don't think he's done enough in his managerial career, unfortunately. I no, just don't think I agree. he's cut it. He's and done nothing. He's the type of manager that Bristol Rovers, the second they go on four or five games without a win, yeah. it'll turn. Yeah. So even unless he gets off to a flyer, he's got the best team in the league, in my opinion, on paper. It can only go wrong. Yeah. For him, Nail so. that to the dressing room wall. Although blue tacker probably because there's probably concrete but in it. If he does, bend your leave, nail. I wouldn't mind to see Clint come in with his own ideas and see how he gets on. But he'll probably leave as well. Yeah. Which is a sad thing. Yeah, possibly. Um, Ant, first manager sacked. Keith Cole. <laughs> yeah, just because, just he's because right, it, Keith, it's not, it's not a reflection of what he can do. Because I actually don't think he's a bad manager. I think it's the reflection of that club. I, yeah. I would worry if yeah. you if you let go of those type of players mm-hmm. and you don't replace them quickly enough, or with someone actually permanent. I imagine they're going to go into the low market at some point. I think it becomes really difficult for yeah. a manager yeah, because yeah, he's yeah. coming and gone. Oh, my, here's my squad. It looks really shiny, and I agree. They were quite exciting. Some of the football Oldham played was decent. Mm-hmm. I, I I really liked it. Um, but I just think the off the field stuff could just turn. And I, plus, the other thing is they've been sacking managers right, left, right, and centre, and not paying wages and all. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. and yeah. it rains so much up there as well. Like what you can does just the weather have to do with because it? you can imagine him, you can imagine <laughs> Keith being stood there and they're on a bad run. And if it was a nice sunny day, or you know, at least you know, little little you know, middle of the road kind of day, it wouldn't look so bad. But he's gonna be stuck there with all the rain dripping down his face, and it's gonna look like he's crying. It's gonna be like pathetic fallacy, and everyone's gonna go, Keith, just give it up, man. I can't wait to see it. On You're match going of- down anyway. Can't wait to see it on match of the day. 
Uh, yeah, so we've got a got a preview of the of the season and the teams, and here we've got the XW, the expected weather. <laughs> <laughs> we've got the XD, the expected drizzle. Um, <laughs> Manchester finished bottom of the league <laughs> on expected weather. Bournemouth, top. Brighton, right at the top. <laughs> um, we were talking about Rochdale before, and I went for Robbie Stockdale. Mm. Robbie Stockdale tricky tricky job that relegated last year That's, this is his first job isn't it as a full time first team manager yeah I think he's a yeah full time yeah. it's it's difficult very very difficult and I can again it's one of them where you think we we had it with Rob Edwards when he came in at Tramia where it was like okay he's, he's a young ma- you know young manager he's got some fresh ideas get him in there we've just been relegated it's always the answer isn't it it's it's it, it's hard. It's always it's, the answer. I said it, said it about Elliot Richards. You know, we brought in so many young players yeah. that year and players who didn't have a connection to the club, they've not that baggage and you're thinking, oh yeah, this will go all right. And like you say, if you don't don't have that kind of metal in the, in, in your team. No like, how with that level in it. You're going to struggle. I'd, I'd worry whether he can get that out of that squad. Which, which makes me so sad because I like Robbie Stockdale. He was but, good for well, us. I and, think they will struggle. I think you're right. The only thing that makes me think he might not be the first manager sacked is Rochdale aren't that type of club. So yeah, like true. Barry Murphy last season, bottom of the league, they kept him. Keith Hill was there a long time. Mm. They don't go through managers. So I do think, a bit similar to Southend last season, which was quite weird, they waited until they found form to sack that Mark Mosley <laughs> and Phil Brown and then went down anyway, which was just like, why have you given him like 38 games? Um I, I think you could see Stockdale getting a solid 30 games, yeah. even if they were yeah. bottom three. I could, but I, I, yeah. If they, I, they need to keep Ollie Rathbone, the only thing is get rid of him. The only thing struggle. Well, only, I don't think they'll struggle anyway. But the only thing at League Two is though the difference from when you're in League One is a you, blanket of like having it that bit going out. Exactly, the you think well if we get relegated from League One. And if you're Rochdale, you think about you know League Two, League One sort of level. You know, we'll float between the two of them, which you know they sort of have done for the last few years. And, you know, you get off to a bad start in League Two, you're like, oh, God, we're going to be playing Andy Cook's Wrexham next season if we're not careful. <laughs> um, okay, so breakout star. This is obviously a difficult one. Um, Ant, you're shaking your head. Who's the League Two breakout star for next season? Peter Clark. <laughs> I genuinely, honestly, honestly, I don't, I, I'm not going to nail my colours to the mask because I, I don't know the players that enough. I know... I know I know the ones we've we've said like Matt Jay and, and and the like, but I I wouldn't be able to pick one that no one doesn't really know. Okay, and and, and go for that. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna I, sit on a fence. I've got a little bit of a silly answer, so right, I'm gonna come to you. Andy Cook. <laughs> no, uh, I've just realised my breakout star was Luke Thomas. My player of the season was Callum McManaman. Oh, okay. So even though Tramia don't get to the playoffs, he's Callum McManaman. I think he just honest. If he just wants to turn it on, he'll turn it on. If True. we don't find someone for him to put it in the net, that's our fault. But he'll be good for goals, good for assists. Yeah, fair. Um, Joel Randall at Exeter would have been mine, but I think yesterday Peterborough had a bit accepted. So there you go. So I'll go Luke Thomas for the reasons I stated earlier. Okay. Uh... <laughs> Darren Prattley. No. <laughs> no, I've gone I know. for Keith Kale. <laughs> no, I think I know no. who it is. Who is it? I thought you told me before, didn't you? No, no. No, go on then. Uh, I've gone for... Uh... <laughs> Paul Glatzel it's not even that funny I've gone for Max Deitch yes son of Sean Sean Deitch Deitch, for obvious reasons Uh, all I know about him is he's a centre back for Northampton and he's Sean Deitch's son hasn't he been somewhere else I have no idea he's young but yeah Ryan what what, what, what words of advice would Sean have for his his son ahead of the new season (laughs) I can't do things on the spot you can do do it 
Ryan's got an excellent Sean Dyche impression, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, I can't do it on the spot. I've just frozen. I've just absolutely frozen. I can't do it. I'm not like you two. Can't just turn it on and absolutely. off. It's absolutely fantastic <laughs> impression. I might just do it randomly when we're on League One. Okay. Um, right. That's all of our all of our categories, chaps. Should we wrap up? Uh, yeah, I, I think it's, good to it's time up. to move on. I think it's all time to, to to wrap up and move on. Thanks for for listening and joining us today. We'll be back tomorrow with preview episode number two, where we'll be casting our eye over League One. If you want to get in touch with us, drop us any messages. You can find us on Twitter. Our handle is at marking underscore man. And if you do follow us on Twitter, you'll find information about all of the other 100 and something episodes we've produced, including 75 interviews all about mental health, most of them about mental health and football. So well worth checking those out. And we'll be back tomorrow morning with the second preview episode where we'll be discussing League One. We'll see you then. Away from it, there was a bit. There was a, quite a lot of whinging and moaning going on, and I thought we were outstanding. Thought we deserved to win. You can run, you can hide, you can run, you can hide, you can. You can run.